Welcome to Happy Talks with Dr. Alice and Donovan. Dr. Alice Fong is a holistic naturopathic doctor and founder of Amour de Soi Wellness. And Donovan Jensen is a software engineer and founder of HowToHappy.com. Together, they're out to cause more happiness in the world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Happy Talks. My name is Dr. Alice, and this is my awesome co-host, Donovan. And today, we were talking about happiness through different periods of life. As we age, what makes us happy might change and evolve. Um, so, Donovan, where do you want to start with this? <laughs> yes. How was happiness like when you were a kid? <laughs> yeah, I feel like, you know, as a kid, there are so many less just inputs, really. There's so many less things going on in, or at least for me, there was so many, so far fewer things going on in my head around like mm-hmm. things that I needed to get done or what I wanted or whatever else. So it seemed like the uh, equation for uh, at least, you know, the short-term version of happiness, um, you know, like these joyful feelings, it's yeah. pretty cut and dry, right? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's pretty much like, especially when you're like a really little kid, which I don't have a ton of memories of, but, but, you know, some of just like, Oh, I want ice cream. Like that sounds good. Don't really need to focus on anything else. If I get ice cream, my life is going to be awesome. If I don't like that's horrible, but it also (laughs) seemed like those cycles were much faster, which is to say that, you know, I wasn't sitting there thinking like, okay, how am I going to invest the $10 I got over the next 10 years to increase my wealth so that I'm able to like purchase more things and have a better quality of life. You know, it's very much like, I want ice cream. Okay. I forgot about that. Like, uh, I want to watch this thing. Oh, it's over. Uh, no, you know, like the, the cycles of, of goal setting, um, were much, much shorter. Um, those are some of my initial thoughts. I'd be curious where you're at. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I, I think we're both blessed in that we, we didn't have like a super traumatic, abusive childhood. So I didn't have to stress or that didn't like wane my happiness. So simple things could actually make me very happy. Like when you said the ice cream example, I immediately thought of not just getting ice cream, but getting it from the ice cream truck and hearing the sound and knowing they're in the neighborhood and trying to rush to your parent to grab money to be able to rush out there (laughs) and get the ice cream that you want. And if you actually achieve that, that seemed like mind-blowingly amazing and enjoy-inducing for sure. Um, and yeah, I feel like when I think about moments that made me happy as a kid, it was typically maybe food related because the other thing that I thought of was when my dad made French toast, which was once in a while, it was like a special occasion. It always felt special. Um, yeah, but then I think about like, what has made me happy as an adult? I agree. There are it maybe ticks longer or there's, there's different outlets, you know, French toast will still make me happy today. If someone made me some French toast, I would be thrilled. But I usually think of achieving longer term goals. Like the moment I graduated from med school, that was like a huge achievement that took years and years and years of school to, to get that point. So that was a huge moment of elation and happiness once I got to that end point versus a child, you know, I don't, I'm not even trying to get through first grade or second grade. I'm just trying to like 
get to recess <laughs> day by day. I'm not even really thinking about it. I just go through the motions and I'm like, I'm not like, yeah, I finished first grade. That's awesome. <laughs> so, so that has definitely changed and evolved. Yeah. I feel like as you were speaking about it, it kind of highlighted to me that the, one of the pros and cons mm-hmm. of, you know, having like a childlike nature, right. Is you're very, very tapped into the moment, right? Very, very present and for for better or worse, right? Like very involved in whatever it is that that is coming next. Right. Um, and I feel like that's some of what we try to recapture with stuff like mindfulness training and meditation and, and those things is is some of that because you know it's not often now that I actually wrangle my mind well enough or focus well enough to enjoy something like ice cream, right? Unless it's like a very special occasion. Uh, my baseline is, is probably going to be lost off in thought, thinking about other stuff or doing whatever else and not as mindful as, um, sort of those moments when I was younger and it was easier to tap into. I wanted to ask you sort of a follow-up question, which is how do you think sort of the experiences that you had as a kid have shaped the way that you experience happiness now as an adult? Yeah, that's a, a tricky question because I think I concur with your your sentiment about it. As a child, you're more present in the moment, so it's just like easier to be happy. Maybe it seems harder or not harder, but just there's more and expanded avenues of achieving happiness. Um, because like those simple things can still make you happy, uh, but at the same time there's also a lot more weight and responsibility from life that can prevent you from being happy. Or there's also hormonal changes and life changes and things like that. I actually, the other day on Sunday, I was feeling down for whatever reason. Actually, I didn't even really know. I I couldn't particularly identify a specific reason. I was just feeling down. And so the thing that I know that sometimes helps me feel better in those moments is just to go to like the local river beach and just hang out with my dogs. And I did just that and it did make me feel better. So, uh, I've already forgotten your question. So I don't know if I completely answered it or not. Yes. I think it answered it somewhat, but I'll, I'll do it again and see if you (laughs) wanted to add anything, which is just sort of how you feel your childhood experiences shaped or influenced the way that you either experience or pursue happiness as an adult? Hmm. I think, you know, there are moments, like, I guess, going back to my example, sometimes I do think trying to simplify it can sometimes make it better. Like, yeah, go back to the the basics, the things that, that, you know, bring you joy. So playing with dogs, going to the beach, simple things. It doesn't have to be super complicated or anything like that. Or yeah, if someone made me, although I just added like a complication in my brain because I was like, oh yeah, someone giving me French toast right now would be like, make me happy. But then there's like the complication of being an adult and like having the guilt of, oh, this is so many calories. This is so many carbs, so much sugar. Can I do this? And there's the other factor of being an adult is that there's a phase in your life where you can eat anything and you're an adult because 
There's no parent restricting you from eating whatever you want. And so you can enjoy that pleasure until your body says, mm, not, not anymore. And so <laughs> I'm at that phase of life where I, I, yeah, I can enjoy like an indulgence once in a while, but I can't just be eating um, French toast day in, day out every single day because that wouldn't be so great for my body probably in the long term. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, as a kid, it's a, it's a version of sort of mindfulness or presence without any of the even understanding of some of the potential consequences, right? Like, um, you know, there are a number of these things that are pleasurable in the moment. And we've talked about this before, but don't have great Mm long-term payoffs. And even as a kid, you know, you'll still face those effects depending on the scope of what you're doing right like if you literally just eat candy all day and it's a lot of candy (laughs) you will start feeling the effects pretty quick probably yeah um but so just to uh i i had a couple pieces i wanted to add to the question i asked you um just from my experience yeah which is um you know you mentioned like growing up in, in an environment that was like not abusive or crazy or anything but i did grow up in an environment that we were very poor right like we didn't have money to get a lot of things and i feel like that has made it much much easier for me as an adult to look for sort of joy or satisfaction outside of material things because the way i was raised i I never like had a ton of things right and it also made it easier for me to not get caught up on on things like oh am i wearing the right fashion right because having only whatever set of clothes I, I had to pick from as an adult. Now I'm just like, it doesn't really matter. Like I've, I've lived through the experience and I know that it doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter what I pick. Um, so things like that sort of those pieces were easier for me, but then, you know, there are things that are harder from that, like coming from that scarcity mindset, spending money on things that would genuinely make my life better. Sometimes is a bit of a struggle for me because I, sort of as a kid taught myself like no you like having restraint around sort of desire for things is going to be very powerful but I I, I overcorrected on that and so um even the things I have desire for that that seem like they would make my life better um there's 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 that like root that's like I don't know you, you probably don't need that right you don't need it and if you don't need it then you don't have to get it so like you could probably skip it and be fine which is true, except that I'm also in a stage where uh, I have enough resources and enough money that buying those things will make my life better at no cost, right? It's not like, um, you know, we're not gonna, I'm not going to be able to eat if I, if I buy whatever that thing is. So that's one of the ones that sort of stuck out to me that I was thinking about as I asked you the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can, I can really relate to that experience a lot in that I, I wouldn't say we were exactly poor but we weren't rich for for sure or it was just simply my parents lived in that scarcity mindset so we just tend to be very frugal we never went out for for dinner we ate in most of the time once in a while maybe we would get fast food (laughs) but it was a rare rare occasion um and although my parents did kind of I guess their their smaller splurges was that they did make it a point to have like regularly annual family vacations so I'm thankful that um they they instilled that desire to travel in in me 
Although now as an adult, I do think I still have that frugal mindset and to some extent, um, but I feel like compared to my parents, I'm a lot more lax about it. <laughs> like I do eat out probably once, maybe twice a week. So that's probably 300 times more than, than what I did when I was a kid. So that I guess might be excessive. Um, but I, I honestly feel like it doesn't necessarily, maybe because I do it way more frequently than I did as a kid. And I think frequency makes a difference. Like if you're getting something all the time, it's not going to bring you the same joy as if it was like once, once a year kind of a thing like Christmas, like you're not going to be as enthralled with Christmas if Christmas happened every single day. Um, and so me eating out, it's not like, like, oh yeah, this is like a really exciting venture. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I'm and going to have an enjoyable time, but it's not going to elicit the same type of like super excitement and happiness as it would have if I did it less frequently. Um, but similarly, I'd say I, I'm thankful that I, I think my parents instilled not being too attached to material things and not having material things like stuff bring us happiness and joy. Um, generally, I think I'm thankful that both me and my husband tend to be more minimalistic on the on the stuff side, but where we spend our money is more on on like food, dining experiences, and um, travel. Probably um, is is the thing that that we we like it because it's more of the experience, and that that tends to bring me joy. But I also feel like do we overdo it because it's not bringing me like if we did it just once a year versus like once a week, that would, that would be a different experience. So that's what I'm toying with in my brain right now. Yeah. And I, I have the same sorts of calculations and way, way, I weigh things out and try to compare things and whatever. And maybe that's a good point to try to interject some, some childlike <laughs> moments, right. Where it's more just like, what sounds nice right now, what's going to work. But yeah, I, I agree. So a lot of that is the same type of stuff that shaped me. Um, I think I mentioned one of the things that I escaped was like sort of being attached to material stuff. But one of the things that I caught very strongly was this like feeling or desire or need to earn a lot of money, right? Like when I was younger, I thought that I needed a six figure salary to like be able to make a living, to be able to have a good life because the times that I did run up against money being a barrier to things, not, not that I wanted, but that I needed, right? Like one, one memory that stands out very clearly in my mind is going to the food bank or getting food from the food bank, opening it later and finding that it was like full of bugs or had mold or whatever else. Like I have a, a, a small handful of memories like that. And just thinking to myself, like, I have to make a bunch of money when I'm older. Mm. So I fell into that trap really, really hard, but turns out you don't need like <laughs> a boatload of money to be able to have a, a decent life, right. To be able to afford a place to live in food. Right. Um, for, for some people that's, you know, the point that they're at, but, um, you don't, you don't need to be in the top, you know, 1% of people to have those things. Um, Anyway, I just bring it up because that's that's one of the one of the traps I fell into because of my upbringing and the way that I was like sort of looking for for happiness or m more accurately trying to avoid misery 
Um, and it took me a very long time to get out of that mindset um, and realize that those aren't necessarily the things that drive happiness for me, right? There was so much of that in my childhood around like, cool, well, I want to make sure that I don't lack resources. Like I don't need much and I can figure out how to make do with almost nothing, Mm -hmm. but less than almost nothing is like (laughs) really sucks. And and I didn't have the worst life growing up. I didn't have like, it was, it was not that terrible. We were not like crazy poor. Right. I mean, yeah, we went to the food bank, but I had food. Like I didn't starve, Mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't going hungry or anything, but in my mind as a child, like relative to my other experiences, that was like the lower end of it. And I think maybe that's another uh, topic we could maybe open up a little bit, but that sort of baseline as a kid set a lot for me moving forward. I'd be curious if you, if you kind of feel the same in terms of the experiences you had as a kid, sort of setting your idea of what life should look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't feel like as a kid, I had this urge to, to make a lot of money. Um, but I think it more so developed maybe later or later in life, maybe late teens or early twenties, where it's like, oh, your worth is tied to how much money you're, you make. And then it took a lot more years to like realize that it actually is not the case. <laughs> um, so it, it was an evolution in that sense versus yeah I I don't even think it was really that like on my mind or really I think it was yeah you should have a good career but it wasn't so much about the money um at least in my head as a child versus as an adult it kind of shifted and and yeah I think I've gotten to a similar point as you where I I don't feel like I need to necessarily make six figures. I have, I have had moments like that where it's like, yeah, I got to make six figures because I'm a doctor and all that. And it's got to like the prestige and the thing. And it's just, you know, my partly influenced by my, my significant other and that he's been wanting to like work part-time and I've been kind of like in this idea, no, I want to work full-time. I want to work full-time as a doctor so I can make those six figures, but he's actually kind of reined me. (laughs) I think we, I think now I, I think we both want to work part-time and yeah, maybe we're making half as less, but we're still making enough to be comfortable, have enough resources. We've never had to worry about food or a roof overhead. And, and yeah, we want to be able to go out and do things and enjoy our time and be able to have time to plan fun activities or trips and things like that so so that's what's shifted for me um over the years one of the things that sounds similar you can tell me if it's if it's off but it sounds like we both sort of had this experience of like over time or during certain transitions having sort of a, a grasp on something that does provide happiness, but then like losing it a little bit to another close idea. So for example, like um, wanting to be secure, right. And then thinking like, Oh, secure means six figures and then getting locked on six figures for a while. And then it taking a while after that to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, is this the actual thing that I want? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it, at least for me, I'll just speak for myself, but during some of these transitionary periods is when I've really lost the target, right? Where I've gone from like, well, I want to make sure that I'm able to get food. 
yeah. right? Like get food that doesn't have bugs in it <laughs> and yeah. somehow skip some steps. And then was like, okay, I need to make a million dollars. Right. And like yeah. missed all the pieces in between that are like, do I want to work that much to earn that much money? Right. How am I going to use that money? What am I going to do with it? That will actually improve my life instead of staying anchored towards this thing that I actually do care about, which is like, I want to make sure that I have this minimum standard of living, but then never taking the time to sort of connect the dots or, or draw out sort of the details to see if those two things lined up. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. I'm just noticing a pattern in that as a, as a child, and I mean, we've kind of already said this, but I, I don't really remember having many goals as a, a child or really pursuing things. It was just some, or I was, I don't even remember like pursuing happiness. It was just like, it happened when it happened. And I was like, cool. If it didn't, it, I don't know, let's go on with life. I don't remember, but I mean, my childhood was a while ago versus now it's like, okay, <laughs> it was a while ago um, versus now it's like, okay, what makes me happy and really have like ponder about it and really think about it and inquiry and pursue it versus like back then it was more of a like hey oh there's ice cream in my hand yeah <laughs> like I, I don't think I was in the active pursuit of ice cream usually um but it was more of like oh if it's coming around or my mom gives it to me um <laughs> then cool awesome yeah <laughs> yeah I feel like over time I have, so the way that I would describe what you just said is like, as a kid, I felt very hooked into my experiences and emotions. Like I was just hooked in along for the ride and whatever happened, happened. There wasn't a whole lot of time, like stepping back outside of that to sort of, I don't know, consider the broader picture and the implications and all this stuff. And I feel like I spent a lot of time trying to find ways to sort of uh, over time detach from sort of those like stories and feelings but i think at a rate or at a intensity that's too strong which is to say that like i really trained myself to like okay i'm not going to get hooked into these these experiences and emotions as much so that i can remain like calm and collected and cool and think about things and make the right choice and whatever else and i think that has over time come at the cost of sort of what we talked about like I actually kind of have a hard time now tapping into sort of the moment and getting excited about those experiences and getting like hooked in and and having sort of the ride of certain experiences and emotions. And that's like something I'm actively working on now is, is, you know, with meditation and this stuff, like trying to be more present and more mindful. And I don't really have anywhere specific that I'm going with it, but besides that, that's kind of been the, the journey of their trajectory, right? At some point realizing as a kid, like, wow, I'm hooked in all the time and I'm not necessarily making good choices. And then going so far the other way to be like, wow, I'm never really locked into the moment and then trying to claw my way back into sort of a more healthy or useful sort of balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can, I can really relate to that experience in that. Yeah. I mean, I don't have the same I don't know. It's like good and bad having the emotional highs and lows. Like it was easier for you to get upset by stupid things as a child too. Like, oh, my brother took my toy. It's like after, and then just like freaking out about something so so simple and small. 
Um, but I agree that not being able to be as present in the moment and tap into that and just have like all this kind of baggage that kind of comes along with like trying to get there or overthinking it and that that tends to get in the way of of being present in the moment and just really appreciating the moment um as much as you would as a as a child you know so while we're on this topic I'd be curious if you I guess off the top of your head noticed any other sort of transition or reflection points right like we've kind of been talking a lot about um, at least in my head, like a little, little kid, like a toddler to maybe yeah. elementary school type of age. Mm. Um, and I would just be curious if you, if you saw any other like major uh, transitions around happiness uh, in your life. Uh, I kind of just thought of my middle school years, which I describe as my dark ages, <laughs> honestly. Because it was really, it's like you're like a mini adult. You're not an adult, but you're not a kid anymore. You're in this early teen phase. And for me, I was very insecure. Um, I based my value on if I fit in with my friends or not. And, and that was very challenging because I had some friends that were not so, so warm and empathetic where it was just about you're in or you're out and like I remember there was like this one person in our friend group that would just like decide randomly in the girl group that like this person's out because she wore this or she did that or something superficial and then eventually our girl group of I don't know a decent size like whittled down to three people and then I got kicked out (laughs) so then it was like the whole group dismantled itself and so I don't, I don't remember being super happy as a middle schooler, or I'm trying to think of moments, which is kind of sad, which um, I, I don't know, it's, it's been a long time. But honestly, that transition, it, it was a good thing for me, because it kind of had me want to pursue a different high school than all those other people. I just like wanted a fresh start. And then I made some really more authentic friendships when I started high school with some new people that I met. I'm actually still friends with some of them today. Like Sandra's my high school bestie (laughs) that we connect with every now and then. And, and yeah, I think that's where when I didn't feel like I had to try so hard to fit in where I could be more of myself, that's where I felt like happiness started to come back (laughs) a little bit. But I'm trying to think of like, were there any moments that got me really elated and excited? Like even then at that point as a teen, I'm not that excited for Christmas. You are when you're a kid, but as a teen, I'm like, oh, I don't need more socks, whatever. whatever I don't need to wake up at the crack of dawn to open presents I'm like I'll just wake up when I wake up that's fine (laughs) kind of a thing so huh yeah I'd have to think about that a little bit more but that's what came up for me (laughs) yeah it sounds like the big transition there was from sort of and there was probably this to a degree before but not so much that you distinctly remember it but from sort of experiences like personal experiences or individual experiences towards this sort of like social set of experiences around like expectations around like fitting in or like how other people were judging you. Right. And I'm sure that happened some in elementary school too, 
but just not in a way that it, it, <laughs> you remember it as much. Right. Or, right. It, or at least, you know, I vaguely remember a couple times of people being like, I don't want to play with you being like, okay, I don't, I don't care. Like there's other kids out here. Like, see ya. <laughs> Whereas in uh, middle school that, that tends to like gain some more weight. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, for me, I think the, the biggest transition period, or at least one that we haven't talked about as much was after I had graduated college. Um, and the reason for that is it is, it was the first point for me that life wasn't just sort of planned, right? I felt very confident and good about my life up to that point because I had just sort of decided like, okay, I'll just focus on school. Like that's what I'm doing is school and I'll get good grades. And then I was lucky enough, um, to have my brain work well enough to get good grades. (laughs) And so like, up until the point I graduated college, you know, there were highs and lows and whatever else. But for the most part, I was just very on this, like, okay, you just do what people do, which is go to school and get the, get good grades. Mm-hmm. Um, but after I graduated is when it really hit me around, like, whoa, you can really just do whatever you want. <laughs> like, There's not a path, you know, and some people probably realize that um, graduating high school, but for me, it took a few more years. Um, and that, was a big moment of a big period of just a lot of reflection around like happiness and Mm. um, things like that. Because before that it was, it was just so clear of like, you just do what you're supposed to do in quotes supposed to do. Um, But that, that was, that was probably the first time I actually sat down and thought about like, Mm. what makes me happy? What do I want to do? What seems to be a good use of time? And then colored with all these other things we talked about, like, well, I want to make sure I make enough money that I, uh, you know, you know, they're still like, Oh, six figures. I need six figures. And then as I got like my first job and made, I don't know, 15 bucks an hour or whatever I made and was totally able to pay my bills and live somewhere. I was like, Oh, maybe this one isn't what I need. Mm-hmm. And anyways, a lot of those, a lot of those things that I had been chasing or that I had held up in the back of my mind sort of started dissolving and mm-hmm. um, opened up things around sort of what do I actually want? Because there, I, I saw that's also the first time that I sort of started to see the traps that I was in and the traps that other people were in, right? Where where I was able to start paying for my stuff and be like, I don't really need a six-figure job. Like, I'm, it will let me buy some more stuff, but I don't, I don't need it. And um, yeah. maybe it's not what I should be chasing, but watching other people go and like, oh, I got to, I got to finish grad school so that I can become a lawyer so that I can make this much money so that I can do this. And like, seeing these other sorts of traps that people were in um, because a lot of the people weren't on trails that were making them happy. Um, Some people were, but a lot, a lot of them weren't. Um, But that's when things just really opened up for me. Yeah. I mean, I had a similar experience, not because I continued on after my undergrad to medical school, uh, which was just a very clear linear path of you just, do this test, you write this paper, rinse, repeat, and just keep going. And they tell me what to do and I do it. And then, and it was just, then you get your degree. And, and thereafter it was like, oh, now I have freedom to do whatever I want. I can start my own business. I can work for someone else. It was a lot of avenues, which partly I'm, I'm grateful for, but the other part was like, I don't know what which path is the right path for me in a way it's not so linear and clear of like oh 
do this paper, do this thing and do your check marks. It was like all these expanded options. And, and I, I had to explore, explore several of them and figure out what's working, what's not, what do I like, what brings me joy, what doesn't. And it's to this day, it's still kind of, I'm still figuring it out to some degree, um, even though I finished med school 10 years ago. So um, because there's also been a lot of life transitions in that I moved from Seattle, I had a practice out there and then Maryland for four years um, that I moved out there for a relationship, that relationship didn't work out, I moved to California, <laughs> just like my life has shifted a lot. So I think where I'm at now, though, in that transition of realizing that it's like, yeah, I don't need to make like crazy amounts of money. I don't need to work myself to the bone. Um, I just want to be comfortable. I want to be able to enjoy my family. I want to be able to do things and take trips still. And I still want to be a doctor and help people make a difference, but I don't need that to be my sole existence 40, 60, 80 hours a week anymore, which I I'm grateful for that. I, I want a little more of a balanced life at this point. Yeah. And I think it's something that you know, having talked to people, we're, we're only as far in life as we are, but having talked to people who are even further in life, I think it continues to be something that just sort of gets mapped out as you go. Like that, actually, here's another big thing that changed. Um, when I was younger, I used to really think in a goal-oriented way. And not only that, but I used to think like, I'm going to hit all these milestones in my life. And as I hit them, you know, I'll just be happy the whole time because I got this plan mapped out and that's what I want to do and whatever else. But if I talk to a younger version of myself about the things that I'm doing now, mm-hmm. the gap between what I thought I would be doing and what I'm actually doing is, is unfathomable. Like there, there's no way the past version of me would be able to think that I'm in the place that I'm, that I am doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So another piece that has changed for me is realizing that trying to set out sort of like a bigger overarching plan that's really detailed is not fruitful. Now it does make sense to sort of like pick a direction, or at least it has for me, right. To have sort of something I'm working towards or a direction I'm trying to go or things that I'm, I'm trying to figure out that works, but just thinking like, okay, by this age, I'll have this thing and this by this time and this by this thing. And I will definitely be working at this place or in this industry or on this specific product. Um, that just hasn't been the case at all. Yeah. Yeah. I I would say I I was just looking back at my younger version of myself and what I thought I would have by the time I was 30, you know, I was like, Oh, I'll be married. I have kids. I'll have my medical degree. I'll be super successful. Didn't quite happen by 30. And it it took a little bit longer. I mean, I just got married at 36 last year and um still still don't have kids and that's that's the the continuous process but i will say that even though maybe my younger version of myself would be disappointed that i i haven't achieved what i had set out when i was in my 20s my my present self will say that i'm actually happy where i am right now it's like everything happened in the way that it needed to and and yeah, I like my life. <laughs> and, and yes, I'm still pursuing those same goals, but I'm not as like being, oh, well, I can't be happy now because I didn't achieve it in the timeline that I 
I set out for myself. Yeah. I think that's one of the, the very, very common things that people can get hooked into that makes them unhappy is sort of anchoring on, oh, I, I had these aspirations for myself or whatever else and look where I am now. I'm not where I want to be as opposed to looking, you know, at the journey for, for what it is, taking the things that are valuable out of it and being realistic, right? Because I know for myself, a lot of that stuff was just not realistic. And there was also a lot of struggles, challenges, and opportunities that came up that sort of angled me down in a different path than sort of this rigid endpoint that I had imagined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. All right. I think we covered this topic pretty well. Is there any last minute thoughts that you had? No, just um, wanted to make sure that it's it's clear that sort of as like these things continuously evolve, right? Oh. And it's not, I mean, I'm sure neither of us have kids at the moment. I'm sure if that changes, mm-hmm. um, we're going to find a whole new set of different things to derive happiness from, <laughs> right. um, things that we care about. But yeah, just, just uh, hitting that last point again, where flexibility in sort of the way that you let your life unfold Mm-hmm. Um, you know, d- like figuring out the things that actually make you happy right? and not getting lost on sort of these tangential things that are sort of kind of close, right? Like make, make six figures a year, sort of kind of close, but not actually the thing that provides happiness. Um, just rooting down into those things a little bit better at any stage in life is going to be very fruitful because I know I wasted a lot of time just walking on those sort of close, but not quite the correct path and being really frustrated about it. Yeah. 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 I can, I can relate. And, uh, I think it's just an ongoing process of, of reflecting on what's really important to you and what, what actually brings you joy, which, you know, you, I think you have to go through that period of being off the path or kind of learning that that doesn't work to figure out what does eventually. So it's all part of the process. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in this week. If you want to share what made you happy as a kid or as a teen or as an adult, feel free to do so in the comments and spread the happiness in the world by liking, subscribing, sharing all the things that help help us get out in the world. All right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Happy Talks with Dr. Allison Donovan. We hope you got something of value to help bring a little more happiness into your life. What lesson or takeaway did you get from today's episode? For more tips and tools, be sure to check out my website at dralicefong.com and you can find me on my social media handles at dralicefong. You can find me at howtohappy.com and follow me on my social media handles at howtohappy. Catch, Catch you next, you next time. time.